0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Luke chapter
1: 8, and we're going to read verses 40 through 42. And I am so thankful that Brother Meyer's going to be my reader today. And before he reads our text today, uh, I had a wonderful message that I wanted to preach all week. And once again, the Lord woke me up this morning and said, not now. He may say not ever, I don't know. But I don't know who you are, but I know why you're here. And God has something special to say to you today. And so I'm so glad you made it. And God's going to speak to us today. I'm going to preach to you on this subject. The miracles begin at his feet. The miracles begin at his feet. My text, Brother Maya will read Luke 8, 40 through 42.
0: And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet, and besought him that he would come to his house. For he had one only daughter, about twelve years of age, and she lay a-dying. But as he went, the people thronged him.
1: No safety net. Exclusively need anointing today. Matter of fact, my chicken scratch even has... Sister Shelley Brown's email address on it. But God wants to say some special things to us today. Will you pray and ask the Lord? The, the word is already anointed, but the speaker needs to be anointed today. So will you pray that the Lord will speak through me and minister to you today? Would you just lift your hands and ask him to do that today? Jesus, we rely exclusively on you, Lord. Help me to follow the leading of the Spirit as you spoke to me today. Speak through me again. Feed this flock today. Minister to this people. Meet the needs that are here today. Help us to hear, receive, and respond to the word of the Lord. And we'll give you the thanks and praise. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. You may be seated. Jairus was a big shot. He held a position. He wore robes of different colors. He was distinguished from other people. He got the attention of Jesus. And when he came to Jesus, he did not have a face-to-face conversation with Jesus. He was at the feet of Jesus. He was weeping and he was crying. Oh, master! My daughter, my only daughter, is 12 years old and she is near death. Please, Lord, please, Lord, I beg you, Lord, please come to my house and heal my daughter. And while he was on his knees at the feet of Jesus, Jesus heard him and he grabbed him and he said, let's go to your house. Miracles begin at the feet of Jesus not at the face of Jesus. We seek the face when we should be at the feet. Jesus, I want to talk to you about a problem. Jesus, I need this. Jesus, I need that. That's a face-to-face conversation. But we need to find a place at the master's feet before we seek his face. Can I get an amen? And Jairus did that. And Jesus was impressed to the point that he could not resist the request of Jairus. And so he said, we will go. He lost his pride because his needs outweighed his pride. His needs outweighed his pride. Now let's go to verse 43, 43 and 44,
0: Brother Meyer. An issue of blood, 12 years, which she had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood staunched. There's an interruption. On the way to Jairus' house,
1: this woman who has an issue of blood for 12 years has spent all of her money, seen all of the doctors in town, been to the priest and been prayed for and absolutely nothing has happened whatsoever and the crowd is pushing against jesus screaming at him with their name and their with with their requests because they are seeking his face and they are seeking his audience But this woman, oh no, she wasn't going to be content with just a conversation. She had a need and she made her way through the crowd. It it interrupted people when they bumped knees against one another, excuse me, excuse me, as they made, she made her way through the crowd. And when she realized that standing up wasn't gonna get the job done, she got on her knees. And she began to crawl through the crowd. I got to get to Jesus, excuse me, I'm really sorry to bother you, but this is really important that I I get a hold of Jesus today. And she did not think of herself pridefully. She thought of herself humbly and she didn't care what other people thought. It didn't matter to her on that particular day if she offended somebody. The only thing that mattered was she had to find the feet. And whatever it took, she was going to do it. And she crawled and she finally looked up and saw, that's Jesus, and grabbed a hold of his feet. One hand on the feet, one hand on the garment. Because she believed that if she could but touch Jesus... Oh, touching Jesus is all that really matters. And your life will never be the same if you can just get to the feet of Jesus and just touch the hem of his garment. And she touched the hem of his garment, and the Bible said that she was instantly
0: healed. Instantly healed. Read on, Brother Meyer. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him Said, Master, the multitude throng thee to press thee. And, thou, and sayest thou who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me. Jesus knows when somebody touches him. Amen.
1: This is going to be a very, very shallow message. So if you're looking for a theological, deep message today, you're going to be disappointed. But it is gonna be absolutely clear to you today what Jesus wants from your life. He wants to be touched. We don't have a God which cannot be touched with the infirmities and the feelings that we have. But in all points he was tempted like as we are. So let us boldly come before the throne of grace. Let us be bold, let us be aggressive. That's what this woman was. And Jesus recognized that she had touched him, and therefore, he touched her. You see, we come to church sometimes and we say, Jesus, I hope I can receive a touch from you. I hope I can receive a word from you. I'm hoping, God, that I will be in your presence. No, we're going about it the wrong way. We ought to come to church and say, I need to touch God. I'm going to touch him in prayer before we ever begin a service. I'm going to touch him during the worship service. I'm not just going to sing and I'm, I'm not just going to lift my hands. I'm going to lift my life to the master's feet. If the earth, heaven is his footstool. I mean, God's feet dangle to the earth. We serve a great big God, and we need to come to this God, and we need to touch him, then he will touch us. We're waiting, we're saying, okay, God, if you touch me today, I'll worship you. No, I'm gonna touch you today, Lord. I'm gonna worship you because of who you are. I'm gonna love on you at your feet And God says, oh, really? Okay, let me just put my hand on your head. While you're down there, just just remember how much I love you again. See, before we talk to Jesus, we need to worship Jesus. We need to be at the feet before we go to the face. He said, virtue has gone out of me and into her. Do you know that every time you teach, every time you minister, every time you pray for someone, do you know what's really happening? Virtue is leaving you and going to them. That's why you feel less and they feel more. That's why Jesus got up early before the disciples did and spent time in prayer because he needed to be full of virtue. That's why at the end of the day when they went to sleep and he was alone, he'd go to pray again because he had given virtue out all day long. Somebody say, I understand. I've got to be sure you get this today. Don't be afraid to give out your virtue because God will give you fresh virtue. Jesus said, I perceive that virtue has gone out of me and ministered to her. Okay, Brother Meyer, please
0: read again. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Hmm. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Go in peace.
1: What a great God we serve. So... So let me make sure you understand, listen to the simple preacher today. Jesus says, in the midst of a throng of people that are pushing and pulling and screaming and reaching for him, somebody touched me. And the woman knows it was her because she's received something from him. Can you say amen? Amen. She received something from him and he wants to know who it is. He wants her to step out, and she fearfully and trembling goes for his feet again. Right back on the ground again, right at his feet again. And she begins to tell the crowd what has happened. I came with a need, and God met that need, and he healed me of my infirmity. She offered her testimony. Can I get an amen? Amen. Is there anybody in the house that has come to the feet of Jesus and received this kind of an experience? Is there anybody in the house that's been healed? Is there anybody in the house that's been delivered? Is there anybody in the house that has freedom today because they found the feet?
0: They found the feet of Jesus and virtue proceeded from him. Please read on. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. Let's go back to Jairus.
1: The messenger comes. There's a hush right now, and everybody can hear it. And the messenger comes and says, Jairus... Your daughter's dead. Don't bother the master. Be Jairus for a minute. You know, we had enough time if we wouldn't have been stopped by this woman. If she wouldn't have persisted and had her miracle, we could have got there in time. The reason that my daughter is dead is because somebody else got in the way of my miracle. Now, I don't expect a lot of amens when I say this, but there can be a spirit of jealousy that comes over God's people when somebody else gets healed and you don't. Lord, I've been praying, I've been seeking your face, I've been at your feet, I've made my request known, you said that you were on the way, you said that you were gonna come to my house, that this need was gonna be taken care of, and it hasn't happened. Yet I look around in the congregation and I hear the testimonies of other people. Why not me? Why only them? They're in my way. Do you love them more than you love me? With God, all things are possible. There's no lateness on God's part. Even if a person dies, it's not too late. There are going to be some divine interruptions in your life. Now, I am going to confess my fault. It's not a sin, but it is a fault. I am an organized person. I like to have everything. My wife will attest to this. My room has got to be absolutely clean. My desk has got to be absolutely cleaned off. Everything has got to be in its proper place. In the man cave, I cannot even stand crumbs on the carpet. It will drive me crazy. I have to have my messages laid out. I mean, they have to be typed. I come to the pul- I've been coming to the pulpit with an iPad and with paper, just in case the iPad doesn't work. I have PowerPoints. I have wonderful, Sister Hickey, God bless her, Works so hard on my PowerPoints every week. Sister Uns does my messages. Everything is laid out. I am ready to go days in advance. And that's why God keeps messing with me. He doesn't like it. I say God. Why'd you give me the message so early in the week? And then at the last minute, when I'm in my comfort zone, you take me out of my comfort zone. (laughs) And you say, I want you to go this direction. And this is what God said to me this morning when I asked him. This is what he said. If you do what I tell you to do, then I'll keep speaking to you. But if you are only in your comfort zone and won't do what I ask you to do, I'll quit talking. Are you here? This is not just for Brother Kylie today. Some of you got the same fault. Because you are the same way as I am. You lay out your day, you have appointments, you have goals, you have tasks, and you say, I gotta get this done. Here's where it all fits together. Excuse me. And when you begin your day, you say, now God, here's the schedule. And I need your help. And God says, I'm gonna have some fun with you today because I'm gonna give you some divine interruptions. We are telling God that we want him to cooperate with us. And God is saying, oh no, you got it backwards. You should be cooperating with me. Go ahead and set your schedule. I'm not saying it's wrong to be organized. Go ahead. But you are only going to be frustrated to the limit if you don't allow divine interruptions. The woman with the issue of blood was a divine interruption from Jairus' perspective but it was on the schedule with God because he knows the end from the beginning. He's got it all planned out. He just needs people that are willing to cooperate. You can't have an operation without cooperation. So watch, let me give you another example. John chapter five. 1 through 7 and verse 8.
0: After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and the Jews went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. Wait,
1: wait. Listen to the kinds of people that are close to the water. Please read it again, Brother Mike. And this time I want you to put your spiritual glasses on. I want you to see the people that are close to the waters of baptism and what their condition is
0: before they get into the water. Read their condition again, please. They're impotent folk of blind, halt, withered. They're all waiting for the movement of the water. There are people out there
1: that need not just a physical healing, they need a spiritual healing. They have eyes, but they don't see. Ears, but they don't hear. A mind, but they don't understand. A heart, but they don't feel. And where are they? They're right next to the water you thought they were a million miles from the kingdom no they're not far from the kingdom as jesus preached they're close to the kingdom their need brings them to the feet so this man is one of those men in that condition please continue
0: for an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the waters whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole Of whatsoever disease he had and a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years when jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case he said unto him wilt thou be made whole stop the question is
1: not whether or not jesus can make him whole the question is to the man not to god The question is to the man. Will you be made
0: whole? Okay, please read on. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. There it is again. Somebody keeps getting in my way.
1: I can't get myself up. The water stirs, everybody's standing around waiting for a miracle and the people that can walk jump ahead of me. I've been here 38 years in this condition and nobody, oh my goodness, nobody's here willing to help me to get in the water. Will somebody preach with me today? Nobody will help me. They're all concerned about seeking his face. And now I'm concerned about finding his feet. We need need to recognize this as an evangelistic message this man is preaching to us today. This man, with his impotency, has been in his condition 38 years. I'll tell you, after a couple years, I'd begin to give up on ever getting a healing if I didn't get one. But 38 years, he stayed and waited for somebody to come and help him into the water. People are waiting for us to help them to get in the waters of baptism where all of their sin can be washed away, where all of the filth that they feel in their lives can be washed away. Are we too busy seeking his face to help them find his feet? Next verse, please.
0: Jesus saith unto him, rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And what happens? And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked, and on the same day was the Sabbath.
1: We have never done one miracle in our entire life. Not one. We can't lay claim on anyone's miracle. But God does use us in the miracle process. Let me give you an example to try and help and encourage you today. If somebody says to you, I'm, Sister Cassin's. Sister Casson says to me, you know what, Brother Kylie, I'm not feeling well today. Is she just complaining? Is she just saying, you know what, everybody else is well and I'm sick. Ooh, poor me. This is an invitation to prayer. Would you please... Pray for me because I'm not feeling well today. That's the way we need to look at it. That's where she's coming from. But where are we coming from? Where are we coming from? Well, I I don't know if the Lord will heal her. And if he doesn't, that's going to be embarrassment to me. God didn't answer my prayer. Well, uh, If I remember, I'll pray for you later. And we walk away. But here's what we're supposed to do. And here, the test is coming Monday morning, all of us. (laughs) Or maybe today, yeah. It's coming to all of us. Somebody's going to tell you that they got a need. And that's your test. And here's what you need to do. Don't say, hey, everybody, let's gather around. Let's pray for Sister Cassis. She asked you in private. You pray with her in private. You simply take her hand and you offer up a prayer of faith in the name of Jesus. And your part's done. And we believe that God's going to heal her. Now, here's the, here's, I know what you're thinking. But what if he doesn't? Sister Cassins, if I pray for you and you're sick, I promise you and God, I will not take the glory because I've never performed one miracle in my life. If I won't take the credit for a miracle, I won't take the blame for what doesn't happen either. Well, we gotta figure out why she didn't get healed. I don't have to do that. My responsibility is to offer up a prayer of faith that's it. My job's done. Whoop. And then I just rejoice with her. So if you're not going to take the glory, then you don't have to take the blame. But you do need to pray. And sometimes you need to help them up. Jesus said, Stand up. That took some faith. Peter reached down and lifted a man up after he prayed for him. Anybody preaching with me today? Sorry this is so simple, but that's just the way it is. It's not, as, it's not spooky. It's not complicated. It's not beyond you and your pay grade. It's within the realm of faith. you know what here's what Jesus said to the man 38 years in his infirmity well thank you for your testimony thank you for sharing with me that you've had this infirmity for 38 years thank you for telling me about the pool that I knew about and about how everybody jumps in before you and you're going to lay here indefinitely till somebody helps you but I'm here now Jesus said I'm here now And we'll take care of this today. Woo! Hey, I want you to know something. Here's what Jesus is saying. Victory is within our grasp. Bow down before me. That's what I heard in the interpretation today. Bow down before me. Victory is within our grasp. I'm here today. That's what Jesus is saying. I'm here today and we can take care of this. One more example. Luke chapter 7, 36 through 38, please.
0: And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meat. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, and when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment." Watch this.
1: Jesus is sitting on a chair, and this is a sinful woman. He's sitting there, and she comes to him, and gets down by his feet, and the first thing that she wipes his feet with is her tears. She was not seeking the face. She was at the feet because she felt lower than dirt. And while she was at his feet, repenting and weeping and confessing her sin, the tears rolled off of her unto his feet And she took the bun out of her hair and let her hair fall down to the ground and took her glory. Somebody's got to preach with me today. This is good preaching. This is not Rick Kiley. This is the anointing. I'm not taking credit for this. I didn't have this this morning till God gave it to me. God speaking to us today. She took her glory, yes. the most glorious thing on her body, her long hair, and she let it down and she wiped his dirty feet with her tears. And then she took an alabaster box. If you read the entire chapter, it was worth a year's wages. Are you hearing me today? Those of you that make $50,000 a year, how many of you would take $50,000 and bring it to the feet of Jesus and break open that alabaster box and begin to pour that expensive perfume that cost you one year's wages and put it on his feet and again wash his feet and put it on his head, and wash his head, and use your hair to dry him. I'm telling you folks, that's where it all begins for us. It begins at the feet. I know you're tired of hearing it, but I'm gonna drive it home so that when you go to bed at night, you're gonna say, I need to find the feet. I need to find the feet of Jesus. I need to tell him how much I love him. I need to worship him, even with my glory, even with my funds. I know I'm a sinful person, but he already knows that, and I'm just gonna get at his feet, and I'm gonna weep, and I'm gonna wash. 44 through 47, please. Simon, you sought my audience. But this woman sought my feet. People complained about her. They complained about the fact that she was sinful. Is anybody preaching with me today? I want you to know something. If this is your first time here or you've been coming here a short time and, and, and you don't feel clean, I want you to know something. You're in the right place. This is exactly where you belong. God brought you here. And God's gonna do a great work in your life. I'm prophesying to you now. He's gonna do a great work in your life. You just need to find the feet. And he went on to tell this story because people complained about it. Well, if, if Jesus was really a prophet, then he'd know what kind of a woman she is. I already addressed that. Why was this money wasted? It could have been given to the poor, but here's a year's wages wasted on his feet. Listen, anything you bring to Jesus is never wasted. It's never wasted. Listen. I feel the anointing today. Listen to what Jesus said about her. I didn't read all of it. He said everywhere that the gospel is preached, they're going to talk about her. This is going to be a memorial. Everybody's going to talk about this terrible, sinful woman that spent a year's wages, that humbled herself, that wept and cried and washed my feet and kissed my feet and loved on me and gave a year's wages. They're never going to forget her. Never gonna forget her. I want you to know something every time you write out a tithe check, every time you give to a ministry, the building fund, anything that invests in the kingdom of God and somebody comes along I remember one time I was at, I was at Pittsburgh Paint and a guy came up to me. His name was Julio. He came to church one time. I got him to come one time. And he had a wolf pack around him one day. I came into work. And Julio said, hey, Richie, he called me Richie. Richie, come on over here. He had his wolves all gathered. He said, Richie, I went to church with you yesterday. I said, Yeah, Julio, I'm, I'm glad you made it. He said, Richie, he, he said, you got some of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. For that, I would like to come back. I want you to know something, ladies, you ladies that are trying to live a holy life and and be what God wants you to be, you Marys that are at the feet of Jesus, washing his feet, you are the most beautiful women in the world. You are not seductive, you are holy. You are holy. And the world recognizes it. If they want short skirts and low-cut blouses and all that, they can find that in the world. But even the world acknowledges your beauty in a pure sense. And that's what he did. But then he said, You know, Richie, he said, I won't be coming back to church. I said, Why is that? He said, Well, I found out that your church believes in tithing. And I would never give the first 10% to God. And I said, Julio, let me tell you something. You don't know like I know what he's done for me. God gave me 100%. The only reason I have a job is because God saw fit to move on somebody to hire me. That's why I got a job. And it's not too much to give God the first 10%. I give far beyond that, Julio. I give to a lot of ministries. He said then you're a fool. I said, "Okay. I'm the fool? Who's the one that's hacking because of his smoking? Coughing up phlegm all the time, hacking away. You can't hardly complete a paragraph without coughing. Who's the one that comes into work Monday morning hung over?" How much does your smoking and your alcohol cost you, Julio? I would venture to say it costs you far beyond 10% and it ruins your life. I give the first 10% to God and he blesses and heals me and saves me. Who's getting a better deal here, Julio? You hearing what I'm saying? Has God been good to us or not? Now here's the last point I want to make and it's this. Jesus speaks to them and he listens to their complaint about this woman. She's a sinner. She spent too much money on you. And this is what he says. He said two men owed the king money. One owed 500, one owed 50. He knew that neither of them could pay their debt. So he said to both of them, I forgive your debt. You no longer owe me anything. My question, Simon, is this. Who will love him more, the 500 that were forgiven or the 50 that was forgiven? And Simon said, the one that was forgiven, this is what he said, the one that was forgiven the most. You hear that? The one that was forgiven the most And Jesus answered, You have answered correctly. This woman was forgiven much because she gave much. I don't know if you got it. Don't know if you got it. Forgiven much. You called her a harlot. You said her sins were many, but the miracle that Mary received was at the feet of Jesus. Not in his face, but at his feet. She was a harlot. She was a terrible sinner. But she found the feet of Jesus and she received the miracle of forgiveness. Let's stand together. I want everybody to take a look at their toes just for a minute. Your toes are pointed to the altar. And at his feet, you can find forgiveness this morning at his feet and his toes are facing you at his feet today you can find healing at his feet you can find salvation whatever your need is today don't turn your face from God and turn your feet toward the exit follow your the direction of your toes to the feet of Jesus and allow him to do incredible miracles in your life. Seek his feet and you'll find his face. Jesus, I pray today that by your spirit, no man comes to you except the spirit of God draws him. So draw us today by your spirit to this altar.